You are now listening to Tough Gages Podcast. Welcome back to the Talk Your Jits podcast. This podcast is, as the name implies, all about jiu-jitsu. I'm your host, Lamar Smith, and today's guest is a black belt who runs Reason Jiu-Jitsu Club located in Riverside, California. Ladies and gentlemen, AJ Polder. Hey, nice to meet everybody. What's going on, sir? Uh, just hanging out, um, watching a disc golf podcast and sending discs in and out, getting prepared for a competition season. Ah, nice, nice. I remember, yeah, you were telling me about disc golf. I've watched um, a couple people on YouTube that does disc golf. Um, uh, and you know who's really big into it? With Ooh. that, you'll know the name right away. Ben Askren. Oh uh, yeah, he's all about that life right now. So it's a um, I would say it's a great supplement. I don't mean to get too far into this, but for jujitsu guys, great supplement for jujitsu. We'll just start there with when it comes to that. Gotcha. Well, uh, man, you know, first and foremost, I would love, you know, to extend my thanks one more time for you coming on the show, man. Greatly appreciate it. Uh, yeah, I wasn't doing much else anyway. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man, without further ado, man, if you want to formally introduce yourself again, by all means, and let's hear about your jiu-jitsu journey. Um, yeah, again, my name's uh, AJ Polder. I'm from Riverside, born and raised. Um, I got my black belt from uh, Tom Rusing. Um, he was... Um, from the 90s old school trained under a uh, hickson brown belt for a long time during the 90s um uh, ended up getting his blue belt from alan goez uh legend in the community old school pride uh mma fighter um eventually he ended up in semecula california training uh with um ricardo guimarez who now runs Gracie humaita in semecula california um, he was previously part of Gracie Ball for a long time. Um, Ricardo is directly connected in the lineage to like Nelson Montero, you know, and Nelson's directly connected to uh, Carlos Jr. himself. Um, so eventually, my professor got his black belt from Nelson Montero, who's direct from Carlos. So it's a uh, Carlos, Nelson, Tom, me. That's uh, my direct lineage, and I've been a black belt for. Um, uh over six years now um okay. i'm kind of in the gray area with when it comes to getting the degrees on the belt because i mm -hmm. haven't uh, moved on to a um new promoting instructor since uh leaving gracie bob i've been kind of hesitant and um i'm sure there's a lot of people that can uh sympathize with that plight you know i'm not alone and i'm um, being in that uh gray area zone um so where i'm at right now is uh i love to teach high level jujitsu um, from a simplistic perspective, especially to white belts, and kind of be unaccepting of um, the narrative that there's a a simple way to do it. You know, it's only a simple way to do it. So, might as well right. black belt jujitsu from the jump. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's really yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Excuse me. I'm so that's crazy. You mentioned um, Gracie. Uh, is it? I I I butchered the name of it. Uh, Humida. Is that Michael, yeah, and that's uh, that's Hoyler's lineage, you know. Yeah, we uh, I had a guy um, on the show not long ago who's from that school, so small world. Um, yeah, we're still we're still in the infancy, brother. Like you're uh, you made it just in time, you know. So um, I feel like waves have happened, and I was like wave two point five or something like that. 
if the initial mm -hmm. wave was around 93, then I would say around 2000, there was another big jump. And then around the time I started 2000 to 2010, there was another big jump. And then we're witnessing another giant tsunami happening right now. Right. Right. But you That's got it. Yeah. Time to be cool. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I kind of feel like I'm I'm caught in the middle. Like, um, I'm, maybe because with my school, we're so old school. Um, sure. Never really hopped on like the the more sporty trend of jujitsu. So, I mean, it's still cool to see the evolution of jujitsu, but I still feel like I'm like one of the older ones in it. I um I try to find a balance there because. The most fun part to me is the sport aspect of it, and it's the fastest evolving part of the sport. Mm -hmm. um, and from a self-defense perspective, MMA jiu-jitsu is constantly evolving. So to scratch that itch that I think you're having, I think maybe change your perspective into a more hyper-focus on what's going on in MMA with jiu-jitsu. Um, mm -hmm. to take a striking perspective instead of uh, maybe coming at it from some uh, such a strict self-defense self oriented mindset. Think about it like, you know, beat the shit out of person. So my mindset, you know, like and the, the ones that are best at that right now are these guys doing it in uh, an MMA, you know, like if we're thinking about what jujitsu is properly, then everything Khabib did is a great example of what jujitsu is capable of, you know, mm -hmm. getting a nice clinch. You know, you want to talk about old school Gracie Jiu-Jitsu 101, you know, block, drop, clinch, hug those hips, drag them to the ground. Grind yep. them out, you know what I'm yep. saying? So, And that's what uh, guys like Khabib are doing. So we need to adopt and adapt, you know? And uh, and jiu-jitsu is everything, you know? It's not uh, it's not anything from the past or the future. It's uh, it's everything, you know? Yeah, man, I, I agree. I mean, I, I agree with you. And I'm starting to see that now, um, especially with, like you said, with the, I guess you want to say, like, combat jiu-jitsu, um, like, you know, like uh, submission grappling and stuff like that. Um it adds another um another a realm with the jujitsu because i think when you think of like combat jujitsu that is a little bit more practical you know like mma you know, the combat jujitsu is a little bit more practical practical in a in a real life situation because if we're in a street fight granted i do know <clears throat> i do know jujitsu but i don't think i'm going to necessarily try to arm bar okay. somebody i'm going to try to beat their face in <laughs> okay that's um that's all obvious, right? Mm -hmm. I think I think we can um I think maybe you've covered this enough in previous podcasts. So I'm just gonna try to add a bit of nuance to to that conversation. Mm -hmm. Um from a self-defense perspective, what sets jujitsu apart? First and foremost, it's the fact that we can spar at full speed and apply our techniques um against fully resistant opponents, right? right. Um but from and, what it does extraordinarily better than any other martial art is what happens when it doesn't go right. You're on the jog, someone jumps out of the bushes, hits you with a rock in the side of the head. You're now on the ground shaking out the cobwebs, probably concussed. Like, are your instincts there and available? Especially imagine being a woman, someone's gonna try to drag you. You're not fully composed. You didn't get to start in a fair fight. They're now jumping on top of you, trying to strangle you. Do you have the intuitions in this moment like that are built on instincts now from live sparring against fully resistant opponents? Like we've seen um, people get knocked out, right? They're still going for single legs. They're going after the referee with, because their instincts are like a chicken with a head cut off or whatever, right? 
Like, right. can, you, can you rely on your techniques from any other martial art? Like maybe wrestling, you know, like they, they, they're going to try to scramble to a turtle or something. But having instincts from the guard to tie up, to break posture, to knock it hit again, that's what mm -hmm. we do better than the rest, okay? Like if I get mm -hmm. sucker punched, if I get hit with a bottle in the back of the head, and a guy's looking to jump on top of me and hit me again, okay? No other martial art does it better than us. We right. are better than you at getting off of the ground, okay? That's what we do better than you, okay? Like, so whatever time that you're going to spend uh, considering from a self-defense perspective of, like, oh, I have to get a hold of a guy and drag him to the ground. No, most of the time if you get to there, you, the most likely decision is walk away, right? Like, mm -hmm. so that's... First and foremost, ninety-nine percent of the time, most people, most adult human beings, you don't get in a fight as adults, right? Like, right, ninety-nine percent. So most of the time, the right decision is to walk away. If there's mm -hmm. an extreme circumstance, however, where the choice was taken out of your hands and now you're on the ground, practically knocked out, concussed, do you have the ability to survive for the time necessary to stay conscious, um, shake the cobwebs out, get the feet on the hips, scramble to a safe stand up, make some space, and run away? You know. 11 year old girl, mm -hmm. you know, like right. nine, nine year old boy, you know, and that's and that's what I think jujitsu provides. And it's not even close. There's no other argument from any other martial art like that. They're capable of doing that. <laughs> no arguments here. <laughs> no, no, no arguments here, man. No arguments from here whatsoever. But um, but that's the that's the purest of jujitsu, man. You know, learning how to control yourself in those, you know, those chaotic situations. Um, like you said, you know, we are the one of the sports where like I can, like you said, we can go full speed with techniques and, you know, and whatnot in jujitsu that will help us in real life situations. Um, no doubt. One, one of the things that we love to do is um, we, we have our, we have classes where we're dealing with situations where a person is just a striker and you have to protect yourself using jujitsu. Sure, I grew, my, up in, I grew up in that world too. Yeah, so as our you know our masters say, you know, stop the punching machine. You know, we have to be able to stop the person who uh, attacking us, uh, improve our position, either go for the finish or be be able to get up and and run. So, yeah, we, one fun drill, one terribly exhausting, really fun drill to give some people some perspective is have someone start kind of with like a MMA posture inside your clothes guard, just like bury their head into your belly button and pin their hip, pin your hips with their elbows and just like, then try to just get up. Mm -hmm. like, just try it, just try against an experienced blue belt, you know, like who their only intention is to stay inside of your clothes guard mm -hmm. and not let you stand up. They're not going to try to pass. They're not going to try to hit you. They're not going to try to do anything. They're not going to try to posture. They're going to hug those hips. Okay. And why is it important to do that drill? Like if, if you had to guess what I'm going to say, why is it important to know from that exact moment to get up out of your clothes guard? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Like, why is it so important to be able to get up even in that, like where someone's trying to hold you down like that? Why is that? Because there's a homeboy coming to stomp you in the head, dog. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you don't get off the ground right now, the person holding you down ain't the problem. Is this yeah. guy over here, especially if he's taking blows and you're elbowing him and he's still just holding on, you got to know the cavalry's coming. Okay, so yeah. you need to get up off that ground, man, because you're about to get messy right to the side of your dome. Yeah, 
That's true. That's true. I mean, like, <laughs> like you always hear jokes about, like, you know, uh, jujitsu fighters that's out in the street. You know, they get into a fight and they just fall to the ground <laughs> and say, "Come play in my guard." <laughs> but, that's a, that's crazy, man. Like, if you fighters in general, okay, their spirit is not to fight fair. So I try to mm -hmm. avoid fighters, man, because those guys they're not gonna square up. They're not gonna look for like like to throw one, two, they're going to hit you when you ain't looking because you graze their girl's shoulder at the bar. They're going to yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? So like, it isn't like, we need to stop creating these imaginary fair scenarios of like how fight starts. Like, man, I don't know how many fights you've been in, but like, that doesn't sound very likely to me. Yeah. Like even, even if you get into an argument and say, let's take this outside, it doesn't always end in a fair way. <laughs> what you, what you don't do is walk out first, you know? Never. Never turn your back. Never yes, exactly. turn your you're back. right. That's Never exactly right. Back. That that's I've, that's jujitsu intuition right there. I've seen that. I've seen that so many times, dude. Where uh, guys will get into an argument and they, you know, get the rah 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 rah, and as soon as that one guy turn their back, they get hit with something. Gotta that's right, careless. man. Because even yeah. like. Sure, keep going. I have never really been in a situation where I had to, you know, defend myself in that aspect. But even then, like if I'm getting into some type of altercation with somebody, I never turn my back towards them. Like I would blade myself off and have a conversation with them. And if they come in this way, I will slowly turn. Like, no, you're not about to walk, you're not about to get behind me. All right, Lamar. So this isn't, you know, like uh the art of war, right? I mean, it's mm -hmm. a very simple principle that applies across the spectrum of all combat. It's advantageous to be behind your opponent. It's not, mm -hmm. you know, we're not we're not talking about anything profound right now. You know, we're not making some niche or new argument about anything, right? This should be obvious mm -hmm. to us. It should be one of the basic principles of all people that train jujitsu and understand combat from uh, like every perspective: self-defense, war. Um, you know, being a freaking tiger, you know, if, if you have the option to attack from behind, it's probably a good thing. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like this is yeah. a, this is part of uh, our DNA. This is this is from the insect days. This is a part of our reptile brain. This is uh, easy, you know. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Always got to be aware, man. Always got to be aware of your surroundings. But that's like a whole nother topic. Oh yeah, sit in the sit in the corner <laughs> when you get to the restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Put your back against the corner. Everything always, in front of you. Always facing the door. Where's the exits? Yep. 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 And, yep, that's and right. it was it was funny is like when me and my you know me and my wife started dating. I started I was doing this even before I started training. Like we would when we would go out to restaurants and you know we would go pick a table and she would like you know sit down on one side. I'm like no 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 no. You gotta sit on that side. Like I need to be able to see the door. No doubt. And she's like, she thought that was so weird, but now you know, seventeen years later, she knows for a fact that like, if we go somewhere, like I have to be facing the door. And Just, the way culture has evolved, it's kind of now it's in everybody's face, and these are like, did you know what to do in the case of an emergency? <laughs> <laughs> One of those TikTok taught me this moments. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like I've been doing this. <laughs> I've been there, like, this is nothing new. This is me talking. But now everybody knows everybody fighting for that corner scene now, you know what I'm saying? Right. Everyone fighting for the door, you know, the view of the door. But 
Hey, I mean, I'd rather learn it and, you know, learn it now than not know it at all, right? Oh, no doubt. Yeah, exactly. For sure. All right. So, um, so Reason Jiu-Jitsu Club, what's, what was the concept behind the name for that one? So me and my friends were just, you know, shooting the shit, thinking in like uh, different ideas, you know, mm -hmm. and um, reason had this immediate, you know, double, double meaning, you know, like reason mm -hmm. is what you do to um, like from a scientific perspective, you know, um, mm -hmm. but simultaneously reason is what's your purpose, right? So if we want to reason with each other, we want to look at information from an objective perspective and analyze a technique. You know, if we're talking jujitsu from what jujitsu means as a technical art, right? Mm -hmm. Like we need to look at it reasonably and diagnose what is possible to diagnose from a strictly, you know, physics perspective. And then do our best not to include like how strong we are, how smart we are. Like think of your body like an erector set, you know, so that if you were, this can be just a physical thing outside of the necessity of having an IQ at all, right? If this was mm -hmm. just like something I could shape and form to accomplish the task at hand, how, like if my forearm bone was a rod, right? You know, if my fingers were like a clasp and and I could remove the, like having to use my muscular structure to apply those things and to squeeze or to like push my forearm, for example, just really place my forearm like a post and release, release, release it and let it be, you know, like, mm -hmm. so like to get to that hardcore point of jujitsu, like what is the most reasonable reason this uh, technique is effective. Right. Mm -hmm. And then simultaneously, it means like purpose, you know, what's your reason, you know, um, and for doing jujitsu for, you know, seeking to self-defense for seeking to have more self-confidence for wanting to be around like, um, people that are probably have similar um, likes and dislikes to you, at least on some foundational level, right? That, that mm -hmm. at least have seeked out this thing that you've maybe heard about in the culture, the culture somewhere, the ether that have connected you into this weird thing. Cause it's weird and it's hard and sometimes it's not fun. Um, right. But the personality types that continue to show up for the long time, for the long term. You know, there's mm -hmm. something that is going to end up connecting you guys, man. And that's like unbreakable, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. So that's like the, the double, the double meaning of a uh, reason. Gotcha. So I guess um, what would, as, as you know, how, as long as you've been training, have your reason for like your love for jujitsu, has that changed a lot? hundred percent. Like, hundred percent. Okay. Like no doubt about it. First, when I first started, okay. So let's start from the beginning, right? Like mm -hmm. I was uh, just finished high school and uh, like what is now like my best friend, one of my best friends, at least um, named Jason Balibo. We were part of a, um, a community group thing in high school. And as soon and one of our mentors was a blue belt at Gracie Baja in Lake Forest. OK, it was in it was inside of a, a garage that, you know, like the classic dojos now, like not that much mat space, a pull open garage door, you know, like. Mm -hmm. um maybe maybe a thousand feet of mat space right like mm -hmm. in in the boonies of of lake forest outside of irvine where it is now and um but he was already a blue bell and this must have been 2004 2005 something like that and so it was inappropriate for us to to train with him during 
his time as a mentor, a mentor to us and while we were in high school. But as soon as we graduated, he invited us to his house to train in his garage and show some stuff. You know, he was a stoked blue belt. So he had that. He had that. I want to share this with the world mentality. I think that we've all go up and down with. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're like, all right, you know, like, what do we got to lose? So we go over and first first day. We're like learning about what the close guard is and like, like what it means to do an arm bar. And I've been watching the UFC since, um, I don't know, a couple years before that. Andre Orlovsky, uh, Tim Sylvia. You remember that fight? Okay. Like, like, so, so that was the first one like card that I was hardcore. And I've been watching it sporadically up until then. But I remember that card explicitly watching Orlovsky come in with those, with that mouth guard and just the bang like, mouth guard. Oh my God. And just looking like an absolute monster. So yes. with that being, you know, I, I kind of like knew what grappling was. Gracie's, yeah, watch the watch UFC one. Went back and did that and just to for the um, propaganda of it, you know, just like whoa, this, you know, it's pretty crazy. But then mm-hmm. I, the first day I did jujitsu, I was like, holy cow, like, man, this is like, this is it, you know? Like I knew it the first time I did it that I had found my heroin, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like from the jump, and then okay, we we, we train, man. And then we're sitting around sweaty. We like did a little bit of closed guard drill, like kind of like, you know, when I tried to do an arm bar, put my posture high, I tried to break that out, tried to do an arm bar. And I was like, oh man, I think I almost did that. That was crazy. Like I just learned that I almost did it. Right. And then uh, as we're chilling, drinking water, like he puts on a uh, art swab, you know, do you remember, do you, have you ever seen that? It's like a mini documentary. It was like, it was like a, uh, a DVD of a VHS tape made in Brazil. And it was Andre Galval. It was, um, it was Carlos going to Gracie Baja. It was Daniel Moraes, right? It was all no, these I guys. I haven't seen it. Bro, you got to see it. It's called Art Suave, right? And, okay. and um, it, it's just these guys like from the beginning of their day to the end of their day, right? And mm-hmm. like, you know, Andre is like a, a, like a newer black belt at this point because the DVD must have been from like 2003 or 2004, right? It was probably right before Marcelo made his run. And so we're sitting there watching it, man. And they're like going to the beach, working out, like drinking, like out of a pineapple, like coconut and like going to jiu-jitsu in the morning, going to their workout, going back to jiu-jitsu, like, like in just the vibe, man, the music and like just having done it and sitting around sweating, feeling like, damn, I'm, I'm so young, man. And I'm like, I could do that. You know, like that mm-hmm. shit looks high, like, like, from, 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 from. <laughs> That's like from my 18-year-old head, I was like, damn, that looks dope. You know? Right, man. Like, just like, living it up, just doing jujitsu 24-7. Uh. Yeah, it just looks so cool. But yeah, man, if you haven't watched it, like, so I trained and then so he was a blue belt. That's what got me into it. Like we were at his pad, did a little bit, and that's what like sparks it all, man. And I I knew I was gonna be a black belt one day, right? Because I knew I was never gonna stop doing jujitsu. I was like, well, I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care when it happens, like, whatever. Like, I'm just going to keep showing up. Yeah. I don't even remember what the question was, dog. <laughs> you, 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 got, you, got me, you got me thinking of my roots. That got me excited. I mean, hey, that's, what, that's what it was, man. You know, like, you know, have your reasons for you doing jujitsu have changed over oh, the years, of, oh. uh, you know, from, from white to black. So, sure, sure. So, so exactly. Okay. Now I'm right back on, I'm right back on track, right? So, Okay, that's like uh, maybe May, June of 2007. Okay. okay? And um, I go to that guy's house like uh, 
once or twice a month, maybe, right, for the summer. And uh, by the end of that, I'm like, I got an idea of what it means to just break somebody's posture from the closing guard, right? Mm-hmm. And um, it just so happens that in that end of that summer, beginning of that fall, Tom, as a brown belt, was opening up Gracie Bob Corona, right? At this point, there weren't very, very many of them around. And it, and it was a school that um, my, uh, my friend Ivan, my mentor, was training at in Irvine. Um, little did I know, and I probably would have started training earlier had I understood jiu-jitsu, but Sequence is in Norco, California. Um, Johnny Munoz Jr. is in the UFC now, and mm-hmm. um, he's a very, very good black belt. He came, um, he came up in the Meow generation. Uh, the Meows and Johnny had some real battles at Purple and Brown. And um, when Johnny got to black belt, he, uh, he stopped competing in, um, in jiu-jitsu and switched to MMA and is, uh, you know, Tarzan Strickland. Yeah, I heard the name before. Yeah, yeah, Tom Strickland. He's uh he's fighting that Insania coming up, dog. Like, but okay. but he started he started here at Sequence and got um and got all the way through purple or brown belt all the way here also. But he's in the UFC mm-hmm. now too. If I didn't, but the point being, if I had known they were there, I may have uh may ended up with them. And that's mostly just to shout out them because they're like Inland Empire roots, you know, and and they've been doing it a long time. Like them, the Millennia guys, like uh they've been really uh, at it for a really long time grinding. Um, but Tom opened up Gracie Ball in that fall of 2007, and it just so happened that Ivan was the guy I was training with, right? So I go over to go over, and at this point, man, I show up to a class, and we're putting bas- uh, we're putting mats down on a basketball court inside of the high school athlete, like elite high school athlete training gym, and we're just renting like like a half court, right? Mm-hmm. And there's like there are classes going on over there and everything. And uh, we have to pick up the mats and put them down in the back of the truck before and after class, right? And uh, that doesn't last very long, though. So I, like, go on vacation to Hawaii for a, month, for a week, and I come back, and I sign up, right? I, like, empty my bank account, whatever. I, like, had a part-time job making, like, $8 an hour or something. And I was, mm-hmm. like, I was like, I don't care what it takes. Like, I'm going to train jiu-jitsu. So sign up with him. And uh, September of 2007 is when I officially started training there. And uh, all I wanted to do was compete, you know? Like by December, I had started competing as a white belt, and uh, like, and that was my purpose, like, uh, and my reason, like, all the way through, like, uh, like up until really, like, into purple belt, is when I like, um, I really started to fall in love with um, uh, coaching jujitsu, like, yeah. really hard. There wasn't a lot of high level people around, and um, about like mid level purple, I really, really started to like coaching. I've always been like a very average like athlete, right, and um. And um, didn't like kind of undisciplined with my diet and all that. Like, and I saw what was necessary to be elite, you know. And I was like, man, like, am I am I really ready to do that, you know? And right. I got to be honest with myself about what it means to be that kind of person and live that kind of lifestyle. And is is that what I want out of jujitsu, right? Like mm-hmm. for the long term. And I kind of made a decision around like purple belt to like like really commit to being like a coach to have some balance, you know, like, um, cause I love learning a wide array of techniques and, and playing bottom and top and, and, and not like maybe I have to sacrifice being great at one thing because I want to know the spectrum and be able to communicate information about like a, a wide, like, uh, like array of techniques to my students instead of just being an expert in a little bit. And that's kind of what it takes to be great as a competitor for a while. Right. To just like yeah. hyper focus and be so good at at a certain amount of things, right? 
Mm-hmm. And um, and I was like, man, you know, it was a hard decision, but I like uh, the body and starting to fall apart early playing sports all the way up until starting jujitsu growing up. It was like, what am I going to feel like at 50? You know, you start to think about those things. So that's about purpose. And then just wanting to share jujitsu is, is mm-hmm. like kind of where I'm at today, you know? Like just yeah. I want people to um, to understand jujitsu faster and cleaner than than I did from like a more conceptual um, uh, level, right? Mm-hmm. Like um, and not from like this technique thing that that I grew up in, where you like learn step one, step two, step three. You know, I think we can really, really fast forward people's progress if we get out of that mindset for, and and give people some credit. And treat them like intelligent beings, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I feel you, man. And I think um, it's just been kind of recently I kind of found my reason for jujitsu, um, ironically. Because uh, I kind of found it randomly. Uh, a friend of mine's introduced introduced it to me. And, you know, like everyone's story, they get their butt kicked the first class. And, you know, you get addicted to wanting to understand this sport. And, you know, as time went on started training more. And by the time I got my blue belt, I was like, man, okay, I, I, I think I like this. I think I want to see, you know, how far this goes. So kept training, kept training. Then I got my purple belt. And then I think like by that time I was like, yeah, I kind of switched over to that. I love the sport. I love the knowledge behind it. I want to share it. So I've been kind of like, you know, really pushing to teach more. So that's just been kind of like my thing. So like, that's what I love to do. Like, I love the sport. I love learning, but I like, I love, I love passing on the knowledge. I love like, passing on it, you know, the experience of jujitsu to anybody who wants to learn it. I got a, a question for you that I've, uh, I've been using as an experiment to okay. whether or not to, for an explanation, right? Let's see if it okay. makes sense. If I, okay, let's um start by like at your level, let's just assume that we're having a conversation with someone at your level, like we are right now. Right. Okay. Lamar. If I asked you, like, what is, okay, what does it mean to pass the guard? Let's start there. What it means to pass the car, pass their guard? Yes. What does it mean to pass the guard? If you had to explain it to another purple belt, like, as simply as you could. Um, the best way I can explain it is just uh, being able to transition from one, one guard, to, like, from guard to side control. What is Breaking side control an example of? You said what? What is side control? Sorry, I just drank some coffee. No, you're good. What is side control an example of? Like so a what? Side, side control is like if you want to, you know, if you want to break it down, it's like a pen in wrestling. That, yep, exactly correct. That's yeah. exactly correct. Exactly. Okay, these aren't trick questions, right? Like, um, no. and, and we're trying, right? We're trying to make it simple. And mm-hmm. um, okay, so let's take it back a layer. Okay? okay. This one's harder. What is the guard? Hmm. I mean, I just think of it as a de- as a defensive uh, a defensive that's, position. That's a hundred percent is the first answer I get, and that's right. That's a great answer. Mm-hmm. Why? Because right, like if I'm guarding you, we're balling, right? Right. Right. I'm dribbling. I'm, I'm dribbling up the court. What are you doing to me? I'm trying to stop you. What, what What's the word you're doing? What you're guard, guarding. Uh, guarding me? Yeah. Right. You're the defender. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, um, so there is an inherent level of defensiveness with the guard, right? Uh, so, right. so let's scratch that. Okay. Yes, it is that. What else is it? 
What do you need to have for someone to be in your guard? You said, what do you need for them for to have someone what, in your what guard? Is, what is necessary for you to have accomplished to define you having and maintaining your guard? To me, if I have them in my guard, make sure they're broke down. They no, not to, not to you. Let, let's, let's stop saying oh, to okay. us, right? And let's develop a language to where it's not, it's, it's like, nah, 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 to anybody. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Right? Okay. 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 So I'm going to ask him again, not your questions, right? Like, what do you do when someone is side control, when you put your forearm under their chin? What is that called? Um, uh, the name slips my mind. A frame. It's a frame. Yeah, frame. There we go. A frame. A frame I want to say right? post, but frame. Right. right. Sure. No, and then oh, there we go. There's another thing that is part of the guard. A post, a frame, a wedge, right? Mm-hmm. Those are like those are like the um, main things you're going to be doing from your guard, like with like your limbs, right? You're going to be mm-hmm. posting, framing, and wedging. You okay. know what I'm saying? Yeah. What else is part of the guard? There's like one more major thing, at least, right? That I believe is part of the guard. Your ability to do what? Oh, move. your ability to move. Yeah. Move. That's right. Okay. So. Wedges, frames, and maneuvers. Right. right. Like, and it's a series of those things, like installed in different orders depending on their necessity. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, what does it mean to pass the guard? Well, to control their movement. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yes, yes, yes. I think you skipped a few layers, though. Like we, oh. we, we, we can get in depth a little more, we can, right? Right. Absolutely. You're right about that for sure. But um, like when you're incapable of controlling their movements, like their movement, right? Like what do you have to do first? You got to get rid of their what? Yeah, their, their, their frame. Got to get rid of their and, their, their. and their what? What else? Well, as we, as we put it, we got to get rid of their lines of defense. Sure. 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 Like, mm-hmm. um, but what are they? Right, like um, mm-hmm. they're uh, frames and wedges, right? Essentially, right. Mm-hmm. Get the frames out of the way. Don't allow them to wedge. Control their movement. Results in a pin, and that's passing the guard, right? So, mm-hmm. and then the layers. If you go up the chain, ankle, knee, hip, sternum, shoulder, head, right? Those are the places they can maneuver and create wedges, right? Yep. So, like, in, like a an example of a like a like half closed wedge for lack of a better term to me would be like um de la Hipa. okay right it's like an unclosed wedge right you got control you're wedged in there between their calf and their hamstring you got your foot hooked and clasped on their on their inner thigh control of their ankle right like um so that's a nice wedge but and, and so an example of a closed wedge would be any form of a closed guard that can be traditional half guard um, closed guard, right? So if we have to, like, uh, you know, PEMDAS, remember PEMDAS from math? Yeah. Right? If we have to, like, say, okay, the guard is a series of frames, wedges, and maneuvers. Like, 
installed in order of necessity depending on the circumstances, right? Like okay. you can get someone day one passing the guard, right? And then you point mm -hmm. out what are the primary things that are going to be in the way, right? Like um, the ankles, the knees, and the hips are going to be the first three things that are going to be in the way if the guy's any good, right? Like, right. So, so we got to get those things out of the way first and get a path to the hips, right? If we mm -hmm. can get to the hips, maybe we can get body-to-body -body pressure going, even if that's from half guard and we didn't bypass directly into side control, right? So get the ankle, mm -hmm. the knee, and the hip out of the way. Get some body-to-body -body contact, right? And this is the modern rendition of passing going on today. That's when guys are getting into their body locks, forcing, like, butterfly half guard into that, like, body lock, hop over, back step. Uh, passing going on, you know, it combos into knee slices, knee cuts across, the Craig Jones backstep entries, all that stuff. Um, point being, like, if you can tell someone in first day, first day, right, the guard is they're going to try to post or kind of grab, right, frames, wedges, right? And they're going to try to move around. They're going to wiggle mm -hmm. and shit, right? right? And your goal is to get around the stuff or through the stuff, put your body against their body, creating a pin. Right. And uh, similar to what we previously considered about artificial intelligence, that we were going to be capable of installing the code directly and having the robot or whatever, like accomplish the task that was inevitably ineffective. Right. Because we're we were inevitably ineffective at coding the machine properly to that nuanced of a degree. Right. What has been far more effective is putting a certain layer of coding into it and then allowing the artificial intelligence to learn for itself, right? Like installing an algorithm and allowing it to learn for itself. So how do we apply that same kind of theory into jujitsu is um, by taking away as much information as, as possible, right? And, mm -hmm. and, and like, here's the skateboard, go ride it, you know? So like when you, when I when you say to someone like, get through the ankle, pass the knee, pass the hip, put your body on top of their body and hold them there, right? Somebody can pass the guard in one day and then watch how creative they are. Like, because you didn't give them like, oh, like this exact, this Toriano pass, this knee cut pass, don't tell them any of that. Don't even tell them what passing means. Tell them you gotta get around this stuff and hold them down and just watch them. You'll be like, damn, that was pretty cool. <laughs> like, did they just make up a new, I'm gonna I'm try that right there, right? And then right. later on, as they progress, you start to get real like, OK, now, OK, look, there's layers here and we can really get like we're going to get stuck here. Have you noticed that you're getting stuck right here a lot? Yeah. Right. OK, this is how we deal with that. You know, that, that element of self-discovery, though, and creativity is a lot of times eliminated by being overbearing with technique, you know. Right. OK, I like that. I like that concept. I mean, because it's, you know, it's basically breaking down something to to like be very simplistic and, you know, easy to understand. Absolutely. Yeah. I like that. I might have to, might have to use that. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, uh, we'll talk about tips and, you know, make sure you don't get in trouble with the FDA or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I ain't got to worry about that. I don't think so. <laughs> so, um... So do you do you compete or I don't know if you mentioned it I or haven't not. competed. No, you I said competed. you competed. You haven't competed in a while, right? Yeah, I haven't right. competed in a long time. And uh, I love competition jujitsu. Again, uh -huh. I just 
I'm being honest, you know, like didn't have the um, the discipline and um, will to do what it takes, like everything outside of the technical perspective and wanting to train jujitsu, the diet, the sleeping right, like drinking when a lot when I was younger, like all that, like decisions that weren't like a in line with what it would take to be successful at jiu-jitsu, you know, and I, and I take full responsibility for, uh, for not having that discipline and not taking advantage of, um, my body when it was in like its full health and young body, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, so there are, you know, no doubt there are some regrets about what could have been, should have been right. But, oh, yeah. uh, for sure. Like, right. I could have been in this kind of shape. Shouldn't they eat that double double, you know? I don't know. I don't know if you got double doubles there, but they're hard. They're hard. It's hard to turn down a double double, dog. Like, uh, <laughs> so, so all those things come. But you know, you try to just move forward and do your best where you're at now. You know, trying to be the best coach and uh, getting uh, getting the best shape I can be now, and um, find an outlet. Like a uh, disc golf is like I was saying, like a great supplement for competition. If it's not so crazy hard on the body, man. Just like a couple weeks ago, like ripped up my left ribs, man, real good. Like, mm. like real good like shredding paper like <laughs> i was like oh no have you, you have rib injuries yet yes yes oh god man oh god it's okay. it's the worst it's i got a so bad man i had a bruised rib um i don't even know how it i don't even remember how it happened i just remember getting up and you know, class, you know, uh, class was over. No, open mat was over, and um, you know, we're talking, and I just stretched, you know, stretch out the class. And I just uh-huh. felt like, like someone mm-hmm. just literally just like just yep. dug their fingers in my in my side. So I'm like, oh man, what you know, what's going on? And it was you know just a bruise, but man, and it was it was lingering, and then it would go away, and then like a week later, it would come right back, and like I'll uh, be in the middle of a roll, and I would move, and it would just, I'm like, ah, oh, nope, nope, can't do so- it. Can't do it. So, like, I dislocated a rib maybe like uh, two months ago on my right side, uh-huh. and this was on my left side, and it was um for sure like three or four separated. So just like, like right now, just sitting here, like pain level seven, you know. And this is like Ooh. two weeks. This is like two weeks after. It's mm-hmm. just like living with it. Like you don't want you don't want to sneeze. You don't want to cough. You know, it's like you don't do nothing. <laughs> you want to breathe. <laughs> so you know, you know when you have like dry lips, and when you mm-hmm. like you have to yawn, and it's terrifying. Like, like because you're gonna stretch like the outside of your lip, you know. Right. It feels like that inside of like three of my ribs. Like, like oh, I'm like no, no. I'm like no, dude. no, 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 no. And they're like, you know, and then I oh. yawn. And I'm like, oh damn, man. Like, like I was almost, it was almost done, and I just ripped it up again, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he was almost healed. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh man, yeah, dude. It took it took a few weeks, man. It took a few weeks to for that to subside. And it was just like, and it would it would come at random times. Like I would go, you know, I would, you know, train a couple of days and everything will be fine. Go to the gym, everything will be fine. And next thing you know, I would be moving and I turn a little bit and then wow, I'll get hit with the pain. So it was like so weird. Yep. yep. And the interesting part is your rib, you know, connects from your um your sternum all the way into your back near your spine. So mm-hmm. when you have an injury like in the front, like you feel it like the pain shoots like through the nerves. Oh, yeah. So like I like it's like I can feel it near my spine and like right below my heart. Like that whole it's like awful. 
And then I didn't help because I went in like a plate, like not even joking, like probably like 85 baskets of disc golf in the two days after that I that I tore them up. Right. Like because uh, I was like, it was probably it's probably going to hurt really bad in like three days. So I got to like get it in while I can. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. So I was like, I'm just going to ibuprofen and just like go ham. And I did, and now it's like two weeks later, and it like constantly hurts, man. It's like that's how stupid, stupid, stupid jujitsu guys, man. I was gonna say that's the that's the idiocy of, of jujitsu, man. Like we will fight through an injury yep. and be like, you know what, I'll deal with the pain later. <laughs> and, then, and then cry about it when the pain hits. Like <laughs> you can't you can't even cry about it, you know, like it's it's unsustainable. Like you have to yeah. like, a, like you have to cope like a like being here just in pain constantly, it's like very interesting to think about like uh, how normal people like react to to like pain, you know, like, because mm-hmm. I'm like, to me, it's just annoying because I can't train and go disc golf. Like it's, it's like, I'm not even thinking about it because it hurts. I'm just like, man, like you're just bugging, you know? I know, like, right? Straight bugging, man. Like, like, like kind of like the fly, it keeps landing on my like forehead or something. I don't even care about the pain. Like I'll take the pain if I could do the thing. Like, that's fine. And and that's how it is, man. Like I, you know, when I get to class, I'll tape up my wrist, tape up my fingers, and I'm like, look, if it's gonna hurt, I'm gonna fight through the pain because it, you know, even the days where I tell myself like I need to rest, I'm sitting here driving myself crazy watching the clock. Like I'm watching time pass by. Like oh, I, I can, I can make it to class. I should be in class. I need to be in class. Why am I not in class? I'm just, I'm more mad at that than resting my body like it needs to be. So what else? Oh yeah, yeah. I can dig exactly where you're coming from. You got, I can see behind you, man. You got that collector, that collector addict mindset back there. Yeah, man. This is my little sanctuary. I, you know, enjoy this. Everything in here, I love. Everything I love is in this room. From what are so what are what are your hobbies? What are you super into? What you got back there? Is that the Power Ranger uh, setup? Stuff? Oh yeah, like this one right behind me is like this Power Ranger stuff. Uh, the little painting on the floors. So I, I keep pointing wrong, but a painting I just did. Um, yeah, man, I'm into art. You know, collector. You know, collecting figures and stuff. Man, this is my sanctuary. With that in mind, like a uh, like um, from an artistic perspective, who's your favorite uh, jujitsu guy? Like not you, not who you think is like the best, but like who hasn't prettiest jujitsu to you? Oh man, it would have this. I'm I'm a toss up between like Ortega and you talking about Key City. Yeah. Oh damn! All right. Yeah, that's my guy, man. That's one of my favorite jujitsu. Him and Damian Maya has to be like my top two favorite practitioners. Have you ever seen Damian Maya versus Jacare? Have you seen that match? I'm, mm, it's a gi match. It's a gi match. No, no, no. Okay, no, 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 no. I did not see that. I did not see that match. Bro, like this is like right after Jacare was in his prime, and Damian mm-hmm. Maya takes it to him, like takes it back multiple times. Like Damian Maya is a freaking legend. Like if anybody knows anything about Jacare out in the jiu-jitsu world, like go watch that match. Damian Maya versus Jacare. Also, Jacare versus Randy Couture. Okay, you guys want to really start talking like matches on matches on matches? We can we can get in there, you know, like uh mm-hmm. yeah, Couture versus Jacare is a crazy one. Damian Maya Jacare in the gi, crazy match. Those are good choices, man. 
like yeah, those a, are my guys, man. Those like are my a, those are my favorites. Those are your two. Like uh, you watch a ton of their matches, yeah. Yeah, like once once I really like start understanding jujitsu, I kind of like went back and started looking for some more of their their jujitsu matches. Still, you still sound like a baby in this, man. Like uh, it's so cool. Like like, like I'm, you're pretty I mean, yeah, I'm a brown belt. I've only been training for six years, man. So, like, once I, like, yeah, I didn't, like, really follow the martial art before, like I said, before I started training, you know, so. For sure, man, that's, like, it's crazy to think, like, I've been a black belt for six years, you know? Yeah, I was just about to say that. Like, you've been a black belt as long as I've been training. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, that's like a trip, you know, because um, it's. I think it's pretty cool uh, when I was, like, a brown belt to talk to, like, black belts and stuff and just realize, like, damn dude i'm just like a baby you know like like even like when you you get your black belt you kind of realize that too like oh okay like you just like that's it i guess <laughs> like, like what like what do i do <laughs> okay you know but like now but now what what it means if it means anything is having that history and i've always been a really big student like ryan hall's original dvds like ryan caught my um my uh, professor um, twice when they were purple belts uh, with the triangle setup, you know, mm. and that was so, so that was man 2005 or I don't know, something like that. Like Ryan was super young and he was still in a um, uh, steal with Lloyd Irvin, I think. You know, you know like Keenan Cornelius and um, JT Torres came from Lloyd Irvin. I did not. You want to watch an oh man, you need you need to be taking notes right now, dog. Like, hey, look! All this is recorded, so I will. <laughs> like, there's a there's a brown belt kumite that uh, Lloyd Irvin puts on, dude, mm -hmm. and it's a uh, Keenan Cornelius, AJ Agazarm, Sean Roberts, like a stacked lineup of brown belts, and they all go to a uh, Lloyd Irvin school, um, and they have a uh, they have a no time limit submission only round robin tournament, dude. Like and it, it takes place like over an entire weekend, right? You, and they have mm -hmm. to do one match against everybody else in the gi, one match in the gi, one match in no gi, everybody versus everybody, right? And like uh, the totals four wins. Keenan Cornelius win like eight and zero against like uh in both the gi and and not the. Gi. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's called the uh, the brown belt kumite. It was incredible. It's incredible. Like gi and no gi, no time limit, sub only matches. And this and this just shows you how vast this world of jujitsu is, man. It's like it just every time I talk to someone, it just it just goes like just grows and grows and grows and grows, man. I love it. I love the sport. Let's see any any other Damians to watch. Like uh, his uh, I think BJJ Scout has a Damian Maya technique breakdown that is okay. off the chain. Yeah, anything by that by that page on YouTube is worth watching. Um, BJJ Scout. I think I. I I think I follow that page. Oh, that's a rabbit hole to go down right there, man. The Marillo Santana over that. under passing series. Like what kind of a what passing style do you utilize the most? Um, more like a smash, you know, I like smash pass, you know, the you know, the L pass, cutter pass, you know, stuff like stuff of the sort. Do you prefer like like, a, like like knee knee cut slice to mount? Do you like going directly to mount or into like a Casey Katami baseball slide? Um, yeah, I like the slide. I, I'm more I'm more comfortable inside control. For sure, that's a uh, pretty normal at your level. Like um, like like uh, around like mid level brown is where I really started to commit to uh, understanding the mount 
And like now, no doubt about it, I prefer the mount, you know, like, but it took a really long time, man, to, to, to fall in love with the mount, you know, like, um, yeah, but I, I would say it's worth um, like really like developing it. Cause like once you develop your mount, you're like, holy cow, like all the things I can do with my hands, you know, like, yeah, cause your, your arms are so committed to control and side control that you don't really have the ability to, to like, uh, to utilize your hands, like to the umph degree, you know? Like when you're in mount, you can posture up and you're like, look at all the stuff I can do with my hands. <laughs> like, a, but um, Marillo Santana, he has a pressure passing um, study on Marillo Santana over underpassing. Brilliant. Um, old school stack passing. Uh, Jacare was very, very good at old school stack passing. Like, a, yeah. let's see. What about, do you ever, do you watch a lot of like Bruno Malfacine and, um, you know, old school Rafael Mendes? Uh, no. Great, great. Like, aesthetically pleasing jujitsu, right? Like, Kyotera. Of course, these are the little guys like uh, Jacare. Um, if there's one video you watch and you don't remember anything else from this conversation, like, it's, a, it's called The Only Marcelo Garcia Video That Matters. Okay? You put those mm-hmm. exact words. You put those exact words in YouTube and you watch that video. Until you feel like vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> I got you, brother. I got you. I'm gonna check them out, man. I, I appreciate the 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 homework, I should say. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we're gonna check back in. I want some video oh, yeah, breakdowns. Sure. I want some video breakdowns. I want to know where you're at. <laughs> I got you. You know I what I'm saying? You. I got you. I got you, brother. Yeah. I got you. All right, AJ, man, we got a question we ask everyone who comes on the show, man. You know, it's kind of became a staple. Uh, you've been around for a long time, so you probably either have or, you know, got a good list. But um, past or present, man, top three people you would love to get a chance to roll with? Um, man, I, uh, my fiance, like, I've, <laughs> you know, like, I, I've rolled with legends, man. Like, you know, as I said, like, I know you've been around for a while, yeah, so I know that like, list has not, you know, been probably been accomplished like three, four times by now. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, my, my fiance, my friends, um, and, uh, like, really good, like, uh, like, technical, like, 13 year old, uh, juveniles like they're they're the funnest to roll with (laughs) like extremely technical like 13 year olds trying to pass their guard is crazy (laughs) those are the funnest funnest to roll with man like uh like your friends like extremely technical like small people like like a green belt 13 year old like where you like have to hold back your strength and you're like oh my god dude these guys are freaking incredible you know like Mm -hmm. Like when you, those are like, those are the most fun. So yeah, my fiance, my friends, and like really technical small people. I say, <laughs> yeah. really technical small people. I yeah, like you, that. You, yeah, and usually the best ones are like that thirteen-year-old monster. Like, like if you don't know anything about jiu-jitsu, that new guy walks in, and you're like, oh shit, man. <laughs> That's funny, man. Well, man, what, about you? Got, what about you? You got uh, that link? I'm sure you've already said it before. Yeah, like I said, you know, uh, you know, Brandon take uh take us on that list. Um Damian Maya's been on that list for a while. 
Uh, Andre Goval has been like one of the top people that I wanted to, I would like to roll with. Uh, I, roll with I roll with Andre, dog. I roll with Andre when he first opened the Autos. It was like a 750 foot square room, right? Mm -hmm. I was like a purple belt. Went and visited uh, one of his morning classes. There was like four or five students. And um, it was like a couple purple belts and one of his brown belts. And uh, so I got to roll with all those. And then I got to roll with Andre two rounds, three rounds. That's like, awesome. Uh, yep. And uh, he's an extremely kind person, really down to earth. Um, incredible jiu-jitsu. Like he would baby to me, you know. Like I tried like a step through pass. I can even still remember. I tried like a, to step through his uh, sit-up guard. And like I got to like a almost slightly the neon belly, tried to hip switch into north south, like circle back to the Kimura side and jump over. And then and then I could feel him turn it up a little bit and he <laughs> and he Kimura me a few times to let me know what's up. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So I um, am alive. <laughs> Marcio Fitosa is like if you want to talk, okay. Maybe change. Maybe we can change that question up a little bit. Like, who are like maybe my top three roles that I've had? Okay, so yeah, yeah. let's 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 ask that. Who did the top three roles you've had? Probably my favorite guy to roll with ever was probably Marcio Fitos. He had a uh, crazy battles, like medalist multiple times at Pan Am's. Had crazy battles with Cabrinha. You know Cabrinha, like I've a, heard him, yeah. a alliance legend. Okay, he mm -hmm. was in around the same generation Marcelo Garcia. Like they're out of Fabio Gurjao, like a. Uh, uh, alliance, you know, um, which like Shaolin Hibero, like uh, all these guys. But um, he was in that generation. So like Marcio was like incredible jujitsu. He made me understand like what it meant to do a cross college show. He did like a, a step over cross college show to north south and it felt like a butterfly was landing on my carotid arteries. Like that's like the sensitivity when he put like the choke man or the strangle. Like the way his forearms like laid on it like it was like magic I, I i couldn't believe it you know so like he's he's way up there on that list um uh, otavio susa from gracie bot who four time well three time four time uh middleweight world champion he wasn't very much uh fun to roll with but you want to understand what it means to like have pressure laid on you you know mm. that it was amazing like I remember my face being smashed into the ground. My friend was watching us roll, and he starts laughing and pointing at me, you know. And I like had to open my mouth, you know, so my teeth didn't crush together. Oh God! Right? Yeah. Right? And, I, and I like look over at my friend. And I was gonna smile, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm dying. <laughs> um, <laughs> Like crazy, crazy, crazy! I don't know, man. There's so like so many, so many guys that like have beat me up. Philippe Delamonica, he's another one from Old School Gracie Bar. Seminars with like Braulio Estima were incredible. You know, he's the one who got uh, if you don't, if you don't remember, he got um, Andre Galvao in a uh, inverted triangle to win the ADCC Absolute. It was like on the cover of Gracie Mag. Do you remember Gracie Mag? Gracie, yeah. So it was on the cover of Gracie Mag. It's like a relatively popular strangle now. It's like, so, but he has Andre, and you couldn't even tell what was going on. Nobody knew what was going on at that point. We were like, what the hell is that? You know, it looked like like an anaconda in the jungle or something. Like, no one knew. Could, where is his leg? What leg is that? Like, like when the mag like, when how the is happening? Yeah. <laughs> and he got Andre with it, and he, and he finished in Braulio. Man, incredible Kimura-like details. 
like when you go mm-hmm. north south right like the weight like you use your forearm and you like pull it into their armpit like a crowbar you know and like it um and then you like drive your shoulder onto their wrist to like expose their hand like you almost do like a straight arm bar from north south to like expose mm-hmm. their wrist. man that guy is so good him and his brother victor right um the original Gracie Bob team, man, like Hodger Gracie, like from that generation, from Henzo on, you know, crazy. Like Hodger Gracie, Kira Gracie, then the Estimas, Victor Estima, like uh, Braulio, Homaluba Hall, right? Like, oh my God, man, that generation of Gracie Bob is like legendary, you know? Like, oh, those were the days, man. <laughs> a lot of legends, man. A lot of legends, man. That's awesome, dude. That's That's very, very awesome. Yeah, man, unless you got any more questions for me, man, I would love for you to shout out, you know, shout out what you're doing, what you got coming up for you and your school, man. The floor is all yours. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, teach uh, really high-level competitive jiu-jitsu at all levels, white to black. Um, I really enjoy coaching. Um, privates are very inexpensive, and um, I'm looking for a way, and maybe me and Lamar can get together and try one of these out. Like, if to do, like, a digital private lesson there's some certain things that it would take right like Mm -hmm. for example you would need a um, training partner and i have Mm -hmm. like 250 square feet of mat space in my living room and i know that is impossible for everyone but you wouldn't need nearly that much the point being if you could get an uke and you had the time available like we could experiment like is it possible to do a um worthwhile private digital jujitsu lesson Right. I, I would need a partner. You would need a partner. Is it worth our time? Is it worth their time? You know, mm-hmm. or could it be maybe um, a trade scenario where people from around the country, particularly in rural areas, right, that don't have access to black belts? There's still significant parts of um, the United States where black belts are not reasonably close for, for a lot of people that want to train jiu-jitsu. So is it viable? Like maybe even a, a bartering situation or a, or even a charitable situation to do some kind of private lesson for um, people maybe in extreme situations like that outside of the United States like um, or whatever right like um yeah. so I'm looking I'm looking to start doing something like that um, for either free or relatively inexpensive to those that can't find or in a bartering situation with someone like you because uh, I have a very open-minded attitude can learn something from everybody. But yes, we can set aside an hour. I teach like um, a half hour of something really cool. I think you can get something out of and you do the same. Would that be worth our time, right? So um, right. A- along with that, like uh, I have competitive jujitsu students and um, we train uh, we train a few times a week in group classes. Other than that, I teach private jujitsu lessons, um, play disc golf very heavily again. Um, I wouldn't stop training jujitsu and start disc golfing. Of course not, right? That's not the choice. But um, after doing jiu-jitsu for this long, I realized, man, I'm not getting enough time outdoors. I'm not getting to know my community well enough. Like, I mean, disc golf is a great opportunity for you guys to do that, to supplement your jiu-jitsu and your weightlifting, get outside, breathe some fresh air, um, get to know your local parks and and really the, the, like, nature of the world around you. Because, like, I understand the wind in my city. Like, I understand sunset and sunrise times, like, all of those things because because uh, of how often – I train jujitsu, you know, I'm looking at the weather every day. What time do I got to be up to meet my friends, you know, you, um, mm-hmm. different dynamics of friends, you know, it's hard to make friends as adults. You'll make friends there just like you did at jujitsu. And again, a great supplement, but, um, you know, train jujitsu, go disc golf, um, uh, hit up Lamar, 
as a medium, if you guys want to do like an experimental private lesson thing like that. Okay, first one's free for everybody. Um, and then we can discuss long-term plans if you're interested. Um, again, let's maybe you, Lamar, like let's, uh, if you can find an uke, right? You know what uke means, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. One. You a uje. You, I mean, you a, you a OG. You a OG. Yeah, I got, I got one. I got one. That, so that'll be that, that issue. And my roommate is a four-stripe brown belt. My fiance is a four-stripe brown belt. And, nice. Uh, so I have easy access to ukes if we want to make that happen, all right? Yeah, man, that sounds good, man. We can work something out for sure. All right, man. You stay up. It was nice meeting you, Lamar. Yeah, man. And uh, what's checking time? What's checking time? Eight, like eight weeks. Huh? put that on your put that on your clock. Eight <laughs> weeks, Lamar. Let's see your progress. Got you, brother. All right, man. That's the end of today's episode. I would like to thank AJ one more time for coming on the show and bless us with his jujitsu knowledge. Hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, please go and follow our Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube page to stay up to date on all future episodes. This has been Talk Your Jits Podcast. Keep rolling, keep grinding, and remember, long live jujitsu. Have a great day. And we're done.